Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your hustle and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Calls, and is ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, how's it going this, this morning? Uh, it's okay. I'm having caffeinated beverages, and I've only been up an hour, which is not normally how I function. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that tells you where I am. How are you? I have not had a caffeinated beverage, and I have been up for hours, and that tells you where I am. So, it's not good. It's not good right now. <laughs> but that, maybe that I'll be able to get great. some coffee later. <laughs> we just need to, like, trade through... The, the internets, you know, like, just be like, here, coffee for you, tea with no coffee for you, coffee, caffeine. I don't know words. I'm tired. Well, that's good, because we're definitely not going to be talking for at least an hour and a half. Definitely <laughs> Who not. Needs Who words? needs that? Um, speaking we're of- We're do everything through interpretive dance. <laughs> well, I, you know, we're going to be talking about Steven Universe at the end of the episode, um, talking about the, the big hour-long finale that they had, uh, season finale, and- uh, I feel like that's the thing we want them to do on Steven. So maybe we need to lead by example and we'll put it out into the into the universe and then Rebecca Sugar will make it happen. That's not how that works. But it would be nice no. if it did. It would be nice, but that's not how it works. And also the power of showing people how th- how things are different when you give give up your f- inflexible rigidity about being right doesn't work either. But that's yeah. more on that later. Um, <laughs> first, we got a, a, a message to the website from one of our listeners, Tony from Boston, who apparently the first time reaching out. Thank you for, for leaving a comment, Tony, and thank you for listening. Um, he says, uh, but he wrote about Shit's Creek because apparently, yes, I, I need to watch it from the beginning. Um, he says, imagine jumping into the good place with the most recent episode. Okay, Tony, in my defense, Shit's Creek is not the good place. I don't mean on yeah, quality that's... level. I just mean like on a thematic and like they don't rewrite everybody's memories constantly on Shit's Creek. But I hear what you're saying. And like, I feel, yeah, I will next time I'm going to give it a shot. I will start from the beginning. Um, but what Tony wanted to reach out specifically about was that, uh, that I said that Moira is terrible. Um, oh no, no, no. The thing about the show is that that's not, it's what it seems to be on the surface. It, um, I ex- he says he expected it to be a fish out of water, snobby, somewhat vicious, snarky kind of show, but it's actually uh, a sweet and kind show. This is like kind TV in the model of like Great British Bake Off and that kind of stuff. That, that's my interpretation of what he's saying here. But, um, but, but yeah, they, these people and the show are sweet and kind with genuine love for each other and the mutual affection grows between the family and the townspeople. Moira's definitely not terrible. The Roses were probably a terrible family before the events of the premiere, the financial calamity, but the show is about their growth after that. The show's character-based, and it took me a few episodes to understand and appreciate what some of the actors, especially the two kids, were doing. David and Alexis are amazing, and they get to a point where their facial expression tells you everything you need to know. Four seasons in, I watched the show for those expressions, as well as the tremendous fabulousness of Catherine O'Hara, which... Fair enough. Yes. Uh, seconded. So if you can, please catch up with this amazing show, A Balm of Kindness and a Slower Pace in the Terrible Times We Live In. Thanks for the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Um, yeah, I still think they're terrible in this episode. Not not like she's a horrible person, but just like self-involved and like means well, but 
is, you know, just like the, um, I don't know. She's, it's not, but I can see what you're saying because it's definitely not terrible people in the mode of something like an Always Sunny or a, uh, uh, or, or Arrested Development or anything like that. Um, so I, I overstated it. It, even just from this episode without having the seasons of connection with the characters that obviously Tony does and you're intended to have at this point in the show. Um, but but yeah, I look forward to, if I am able to catch up with the show, seeing how my opinion changes have it with that context. And another ringing endorsement for Shit's Creek, which is, I will add it to the list because there are so many right now. Everybody loves this show. <laughs> Uh, so I clearly need to get caught up. You do. And if only I had time to also get caught up. Yes. <laughs> At some point down the line, we'll, we'll just put it in the massive, massive list. Um, adding to that list uh, is apparently a, a whole bunch of pilots being, uh, ordered up at the CW, including a spinoff of Jane the Virgin, Jane the Novella, which will be an anthology series from, like, that, that are basically, each season will be a different story written by Jane, narrated by her, but with different characters and, and actors and everything. I don't care. Is this me? Yeah. Just me? I really, I don't think it's gonna work. I don't really, I mean, it would be great if it did, but... Yeah, it'd be nice if it did, but I, I, I'm also not super duper excited about that. Um, but I sort of applaud CW for wanting to take a swing in an anthology series like that, mm -hmm. um, that they can sort of like keep on the docket and find new, find hopefully something different to do each time. Um, plus, they just also need to keep some CBS studio shows on, mm -hmm. <laughs> on air before Greg Berlanti just takes over the entire network. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's also a terrible name. Yeah, no, it's not a good name either. Yeah. Anyways, um, there's other uh, pickups going on right now. We have uh, Suits getting a ninth and final season. I definitely thought it was already over. So I did too. That's on me. I thought that this was its last season. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Because didn't Gina Torres' character get a spinoff, or is that going to happen when Suits finishes? I think it I think it happens like sometime this year or when suits finishes. I can't quite remember. Yeah. But it's definitely happening. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's happening. Magicians got renewed for fifth season, which I know is again another show everyone loves. And is like there was an article making the rounds about um I stopped watching The Magicians and I shouldn't have done that. I'm very sorry. Or something like that was the <laughs> title. Uh here's why that was a stupid idea. Um and so again, that's another one that I like. I've given it several shots, but I still like feel like the weight of the internet telling me that I'm wrong and that I have to love the show and that I have to watch it from the beginning. So we'll see what happens first. Shit's Creeker Magicians. Uh, the one I'm most likely to watch is She-Ra, which just got renewed for season two. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about She-Ra's um, second season. I'm intrigued to see if I can get on that bandwagon in season two. Yeah, well, because clearly I'm I have the ticket, booked seat, yeah. already in line, excited for it. Uh, so so I'm much more on board than you are. Oh, look, literally with a metaphor. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah, we'll see what what happens in season two. We'll definitely be watching. Um, now there was some news at Hulu. Besides the whole Firefest, we I did we haven't watched the Firefest documentaries. Everyone apparently we're no. that's another thing pop culture is telling us we need to watch. I'm not interested. I am interested, but I just haven't had time to watch them. So, yeah. but yeah, Hulu's dropped dropped its basic plan price down to five ninety nine um a month. Which goes into effect like at the end of February, depending on your billing cycle. Um, this is for their 
ad version of it and everything. But it's also like their loss leader. It's how they get you hooked in, mm-hmm. basically. So dropping this at the same time like Netflix announced that it's going to be raising its prices seems like a very sort of aggressive sort of move on Hulu's part. But they also jacked up the price for their live TV stuff by like, I want to say $10, which is not a package I've explored from them since I still have cable. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, mostly my interest in Hulu is the fact that they drop these prices, but I'm also just interested what happens to Hulu after the Disney Fox deal like finishes and disney owns then 60 percent of hulu and i'm not sure what happens after that yeah that'll be interesting that'll be interesting to follow what is this live tv thing they do do they stream tv or do they like yes. oh, okay so if you don't yeah, have it's sort cable... of like right it's sort of like a um playstation view or um some of those other sort of set top um versions of watching live tv um, so that's basically what it is. But they also have a number of, um, whatchamacallit, um, packages for football and sports as well that they advertise not as aggressively as Amazon advertises that you can watch the Thursday night football games on Amazon Prime, to which everyone goes, no one likes the Thursday night games. That's why you have them, Amazon. Um, even I know that. I don't like football. Uh, so that's, that's where it is. Basically. It's one of those, uh, set top, uh, cable packages, basically. Can they, can you record stuff with it? That I do not know. I don't know the answer to that. So I've never looked into it. If you actually had to watch it live, I would never give them money for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone would anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But okay. I, I, I I really doubt that you would be able to because then you can just watch it on Hulu the next day. Oh that's yeah, point. that's that's <laughs> true. Okay. Um, now, what is this about Comcast? Comcast is creating an NBC streaming platform. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm laughing because this is just a ridiculously stupid idea. Um, it's it's where we wanted to go to watch um 30 rock i guess yeah Yeah. um though i'm laughing a little bit less now because vulture just did a piece about why uh the original law and order is not streaming anywhere and if it's going to stream anywhere yeah (laughs) it'll be on this platform and um suddenly the price of admission (laughs) to whatever this thing is is suddenly reasonable to me (laughs) if it means i can watch all 20 seasons of law and order whenever i feel like it (laughs) Which it used to be what cable was called. <laughs> right. That's what TNT was for yeah. the longest time until they picked up Supernatural and Arrow. Now it's all that they show. <laughs> so this is going to debut in 2020. Yeah, sometime in, during the first half of 2020, they, they've said. Okay. That's interesting. We'll see. Yeah, because with these different mergers, everything just feels so in flux. Yeah, it does. And it's also like, all right, so all the corporations are launching their own services that's fine, but we're all not going to pay for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, it feels like a bubble, and then it'll expand at a certain point. It'll all collapse back down, and then they'll And then they're all remerged like... into Hulu Plus or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Okay, in happier and more exciting news, this is not unhappy news previously, but this is certainly happy news. Gillian Anderson is going to play Margaret Thatcher on The Crown, and I'm even more excited. I was already very excited, as listeners know. I was super hyped. I've caught up with all of season three of The Crown, so uh, okay. I'm now ready to go whenever the new season drops, and this is just like delicious icing on top of an Olivia Coleman, Tobias Men- uh, Menzies cake. No, it's super good casting. It also makes me go... I think Gillian Anderson should do TV versions of all of Meryl Streep's roles. <laughs> I would watch them all. Yeah. Pretty much. I know. Well, that's the thing is we would watch every single one of them. I would be more likely to watch Gillian uh, Anderson in Mamma Mia. I'll be honest. Same. Yeah. Hard same. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should, of course, mention this is more of a film thing, but but we will, of course, mention the uh, giant article at The Atlantic um, with uh, allegations of sexual assault, abuse, and uh, and uh, all sorts of horribleness against Brian Singer. This is the article that was supposed to run at Esquire a while ago, but apparently some of the Hearst higher-ups uh, shut it down. So they they the reporters took it over to The Atlantic. Um, and that has not stopped Brian Singer from still directing uh, Red Sonia and uh, just general and getting Oscar nominations and all sorts of things. Uh, Glad did pull their nominations for Bohemian Rhapsody after this article came out. But it's the allegations that have been around and well known, I feel I can say, uh, for decades now about Brian Singer molesting at least a decade if not teenagers. Long. it's been out in the open for at least a decade really yeah so it's a long time and i'm glad that it's finally in print and like in a published uh, heavily sourced heavily vetted um hopefully this leads to things like you know if we can't arrest him due to idiotic statutes of limitations um we can at least stop hiring Brian Singer for shit. And uh, hopefully Red Sonia, if since they were the producers refused to fire him, um, it just becomes toxic and no one agrees to be in it. But we'll see. No, people will probably still agree to be in it. Um, It's a it's a really difficult balancing act because you have to eat somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, But people will be in it. Hopefully big names and established people will not be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who have the claps say no. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wanted to mention here at the end, uh, Fatima Ali, who people will know from Top Chef, one of the chef testants in one of the recent seasons, and just fabulous. She did well in the show mm-hmm. and was one of the more popular candidates, um, passed away from cancer. She had Ewing sarcoma, which is a type of bone cancer, and um, had a real, real hard fight against that for the last couple of years. But she has passed away. So RIP Fatima Ali. And um, I think it's... You know, what she was doing to raise awareness for it was was really terrific and embracing her platform um, and and being so public with her illness, I think, was really uh, laudable. And, you know, it's it's sad. I mean, obviously, people die from th- these kinds of diseases all the time. But if you aren't personally touched by it, it's, you know, you see dead at 27 and she went from seeming so completely healthy and alive and vital just re- to like just gone so quickly. So, yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Fatima. Um, okay, let's head into our week in TV. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to have our spotlight section on the Steven Universe finale. I, I 
Noel, did you have this thought? Because I texted you when I finished watching it. Noel watched it before I did everyone because I've been out of town at a gig. And um, and I was like, is this is this the series finale? Is the show over now? Because it feels like the show's over. Um, it is not over. That's what I was telling my person like the entire time. I was just like, is this it? Season series finale. It feels like a series finale. Everyone's coming together. It's a series finale. This is like <laughs> what happens in a series finale. So we're going to talk about that. Lots to say um, in the last segment. But for now, let's head into our our week in TV. So we'll take a break, listen to some RuPaul, and be back with our week in TV right after this. And to the ones I love, know that you're the reason why I dare to live my life, I dare to liberate my mind You're running through my veins, make me come alive Make me come alive I think about the world like a dream within a dream Anything you want, things are never what they seem But the rush is worth the ride, make me come alive Give me one shot, one shot of adrenaline, adrenaline. One shot, one shot of adrenaline, adrenaline. Give me one shot, one shot. That was Adrenaline by RuPaul, the best lip sync in last week's uh, Lollapurooza, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars like mid-season lip sync off. That's going to kick off our week in TV. Then I'll talk briefly about the rest of A Discovery of Witches because I, I did binge season one. Um, then we'll talk Supergirl, which came back with Secrets and Lies, and go over to our comedies, including Crazy Girl, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I Can Work With You, Broad City, which has premiere stories, uh, Noel Watch, of course, Grace and Frankie season five, and Blackish, Waltz and A Minor, and then we'll round things out with The Good Place season three finale, Pandemonium. So first up is Drag Race All-Stars. Normally we end a second with this but no not for this one um i I, my opinions on this episode have fluctuated because when i was initially watching it i was like this is so why this is such bullshit why why is this episode i'm so irritated um and then when i watched it the second time um, to to take more notes for my review. I was like, okay, I was probably too harsh in my initial reaction. And then I watched it, I was thinking about it again, and I was getting annoyed again. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I keep vacillating back and forth. And I think it comes to just the inherent structural flaw of bringing back your eliminated queens to contend against the remaining queens when the reason they were eliminated is because they're not as good, at least at this com- like competition structure, you know, compared to mm-hmm. the other queens. So everybody who was eliminated was not going to come back if they were being honest about the lip syncs. So um, then, of course, the big contender is Latrice. We'll talk about that first. But first, let's talk about the like the structure of this. And what did you think about the idea to bring them back and have them do a massive lip sync battle royale? What? Uh, huh? Was yeah, no, I, I kind of fell asleep. And it, it wasn't interesting. It was like the least interesting way to do this. I mm-hmm. feel like to bring these uh, queens back and then just like, we're gonna do a lip sync. And also, we don't have the money to do 
any other songs but Ruse. So Ruse songs? It's just like no. Yeah. No. Like let's, I let's I can no. I can see how this seems like a good idea until you have a half hour of build up and then a half or like 45 minutes of build up and then 45 minutes of performing, which means you have four lip syncs in a row, which means that yeah. they can't all be blockbusters because you need to pace the episode. So that yeah. means that you have to start kind of slow and then build up. If they had structured it where like it was more like interspersed, maybe it could have been more exciting, but that yeah. is not what they did. So then the first lip sync is peanut butter and it's like sort of, it's very slight and silly, and they have fun with it, but it, it's just, it's a foregone conclusion because of how, like, yeah, my current conspiracy theory on this is each of those boxes had the same song in it for each of these because it's too perfect. Like, who got yeah, which songs? It's too perfect. And, like, like imagine if Peanut Butter had been the last one for the lip sync with Latrice and Monique. It wouldn't have worked. Right. So, no, it would not have. So that's why. No, I think your conspiracy theory is spot on. Yeah. Um, so, which is, which is, you know, it, of course, that's, it's a very contrived show. Don't get me wrong. And I'm fully on board with that. They are making an entertaining show. That's their priority. Um, but then don't bill it as like this massive Super Bowl of drag when like we can see the strings, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought that, I mean, especially when it, it was announced that they were lip syncing and, and all the, the top queens were like, Oh, well, we're just going to win then. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that's what it boils down to is like everyone who's left is like, Oh, well, we can easily do this. We're going to do this. And then Rue was just like, Yeah, but I really want Latrice back in this. So that's how this is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, okay. So the first two, I mean, Jasmine d- does just fine, but, you know, like yeah. Trinity is really good. There's, it's not a surprise that she's the last one left because nobody wanted to lip sync against her because she's really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, the, the Pharaoh is a, by all accounts, a wonderful performer and queen and her shows are great, but she's not as good at, like, you could see just based from on the wig that she chose, it's immediately in her face and you can't see yes. her mouth. Like, if yeah. these are just like rookie moves. Now she's not a rookie by any stretch, but compared to these other queens, you know, she hasn't been doing it as long. Yeah. It's an unforced, it's an unforced error that you chose, choose a wig that you should just know better. Yeah. You don't pick a wig like that when you're doing a lip sync. Yeah. The, the, I think the one that was the unknown entity for us was Gia Naomi and that, that lip sync really delivered. Um, it did. And, and cause not, we haven't really seen Naomi do that much lip syncing. Um, or at least I haven't. Any. Yeah. Not no, this season, but I mean, any. previously in her other season, yeah. I don't remember that she, how much she did. Um, and Gia being from the house of Edwards, I really appreciated that they kept that in. It's like Alyssa Edwards doesn't just pick anyone to be in her house, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, I, I thought that one was terrific. And like, if any, if any lip sync was going to be a Shantae, you both stay, it should have been that one. Yes. Cause yeah, but also just. <sighs> Naomi was so good and just killed. Yeah. Like, it was so good. It was just like, how far back are you bending? Yeah. I'm really concerned about your spine. (laughs) But at the same time, woe to whomever you have to lip sync against now. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Because now they know. Now they know. And, of course, it's also because they got that song. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have worked with Kitty Girl. 
that wouldn't work mm. with peanut butter. It works with oh. adrenaline, you know? It's yeah. the most posable of the songs, you know? So It's also the best of the songs. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Sissy That Walk, but it's the best yeah, song. But, yeah. yeah. And then that takes us to the Latrice and Monique thing. Okay, so Latrice did well, but yes. Monique was better, right? Is it yes. just, like... Much, much better. Definitely better. Yeah. Yeah, no, significantly better. Enough so that, like, my person and I were just, like, trying to, like, evaluate, like, how best to judge a lip sync in terms of, like, is how much performance, how much physicality, how much sort of, what are you getting across, basically, and how are you getting it across, and how much of that should factor into these things. And my 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 firm point, though, was still that, yeah, but Latrice just didn't have the energy for this end times and it was sort of like a struggle to really connect but then this gets into the larger issue of like again the editing for these is just abysmal and it's hard to really get very intentional so that we don't see queens getting tired exactly so it's just one of those things where it's just like i just want to see the whole thing maybe we just set up a master shot and you just leave it where the judges are sitting and we get to enjoy everything all at once yeah yeah because <laughs> I, I wanted to see more of monique's like reveals with her costume which mm-hmm. by the way that's how you do a costume reveal that's trinity just wearing a cape doesn't count as a costume reveal that is not a reveal no, no. that is not a reveal in any way shape or that's form. hiding yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I thought Monique did great. I thought Latrice did did well, but I still don't understand why you go into a splits on literally the lyric walk. <laughs> like that why like I don't I, people loved it, a lot of people really did, um and went over well, but it's just like and 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 it's just it was confusing to me because I thought, you know, like she showed herself well, but you know, so when um when I found out that it was going to be that they both stayed, I was like, "Huh, okay, okay, that's interesting." Um, because I so the listeners when I re- review the show, if if they if the lovely people at Drag Race send me a screener, which thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, lovely people at Drag Race, they don't include the elimination, so that if the screener leaks. People don't know who gets kicked out. So then, so I didn't get to see that whole ending thing where with the fake out that maybe Monique was going home until Mm -hmm. after I had already written my review and everything. And that I think was very dramatic and effective. But like, oh man, I did not intend for us to talk this long about this episode because it was so underwhelming. (laughs) But well, we had there was a lot of ground to cover and why it was underwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Are you now, are you excited about? Like this club challenge, or is it two restaurant wars for you? It's two restaurant wars for me, mm-hmm. and I'm also like I'm getting in the point of all stars where I'm just like I would like a crafting challenge, please and thank you. Mm-hmm. I know that's not how this. I know that's not how all stars works, but I would like a crafting challenge, please. Okay. <laughs> well, I ended up having fun with this one um, more mm-hmm. th- much more than I anticipated. So I will look forward to talking about it next week. But uh, yeah, it's well, it's it's about time they had something that wasn't a comedy challenge. Or lip sync. Yeah. So it's good to change it up. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, For right now, let's move on to the next show, which is A Discovery of Witches. I just want to chime in because I ended up binging and watching the whole season. And uh, it was fun. And I got increasingly connected with the characters by the end of the season. I think they do some fun stuff with it. I don't know that they really sell the courtship and connection as well as as would be appropriate or would be – 
you know, desired, but, um, but I think that the, the cast is strong enough that it, if you just are looking for that campy fun, right. That, that you can just really go, go with it and enjoy the, uh, dynamic and the, the mystery in the world. So I ended up having quite a bit of fun with discovery of witches and I'll definitely tune in for season two when it shows up. Supergirl is back and we have secrets and lies. And the big thing with this episode, of course, is that by the end of the episode, Supergirl's identity has to be erased from everyone at the DEO's memory, except for Brainy, who can compartmentalize away. Literally. Oh, that scene was so good. Yeah. No, that, that of like that, your sister with the glasses, they don't even look anything. Wait a second. Um, was just delightful. It was very fun. I was worried that he was going to compartmentalize away the, the, his not date with Nia at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he would forget that he was supposed to meet her. Um, anyways, so, so the, the big thing. And then of course is that Alex needs to have this done to her as well, which for her means every memory of her entire life, with her sister it needs to be changed and that is massive um what do you what do you think of this decision i it's something that's really exciting at least for like a next episode depending on how long they carry through with this uh since the promo for next episode is all about the massive trauma of changing someone's memory from that extended period of time and them realizing wait something's really wrong with my head which is what the next episode looks like but i really liked this ending a lot uh the episode itself in and of itself is fine it's a predator episode um but on a on a cw show budget so it's not super duper good um and all the aliens just look like reskinned dominators, which is not a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ending is so such like a nice, fun little twist of like a knife, basically of like, okay, yeah, no, the, all those all those red shirts that we don't know, their memories are wiped. Okay, everything's fine. It's kosher. And then it's like, oh no, I need to wipe my memory too. Alex says, and it's like, oh, no, but she became Supergirl to save you, which is what she says. Mm. And it's just, it's really good. And like the this more than anything, I think. Um, it's something that really kind of captures the whole idea of who Kara is in relation to Supergirl and who she is in relation to Kara Danvers. This is something that maybe they should have explored when they were actually wanting to think about that concept, uh, more so than they're doing this season, because this is a really good literalization of what, how she views herself and specifically how she views herself through Alex. Yeah. And so between that combination and the idea that I just came back from an earth where you, you, we we weren't sisters, um, which was also a really good sort of acknowledgement because sometimes those crossovers don't get any continuity mention, um, which is sometimes for the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in here, it really, it really hit. It really landed. It was really good. So that's the main reason I wanted to mention is like, this particular moment I think is really, really strong and I really liked it. And I'm eager to see what they do with this in the next episode. And also because it also means hopefully that Kyler Lee gets a big showcase episode, which I always really enjoy. Yeah. She always delivers when she gets them. Um, so it's nice to see her get some really meaty stuff to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause when Supergirl has gotten plenty of things, you know, not great, uh, but something that I you can always rely on them to, to really nail is the dynamic with Kara and Alex. So uh-huh. I, I trust them with this and we'll see where it goes. I don't think it's going to last that long. No, uh, I don't either. But 
it'll at least give us a, a couple episodes of interesting material to play and to i mean i also think it's just smart to, to like tidy up all the loose ends about the number of people who know her secret identity at at the deo um Mm because it was just ridiculous (laughs) Um, yeah i also particularly appreciate how uh forward they are on the consent of the people having their mind erased and uh and they don't undersell what a violation that is and how not okay it is um so i i really appreciated that they included those lines yeah, and I appreciated that. And I also appreciated that they didn't kill what's her name? Yeah, that would have um, been the easiest answer. That would have been the easiest answer. Um, cause, and also like is perfectly set up for her to die in this episode mm-hmm. with, uh, well, she has a connection to these aliens that they've been torturing into killers and assassins. And so naturally, like, this is the perfect way to get her out of the way. Yeah. And the show goes, oh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Haven't you, didn't you guys learn anything from last season? We don't do what we think you're going to do yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, Um, So I really appreciated that. Um, Because, like you said, that would have been the easiest way. And as soon as she stumbled down that hallway, I just went, oh, she's going to die. And then she didn't. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. I also really like the um, uh, office for Jean, but I want to know what lottery he won to afford that space i just have to assume he's been squirreling away his deo um salary for years because who knows all that gorgeous (laughs) antique furniture right and the rugs and like all those books like that yeah i I was just like okay this is gorgeous don't get me wrong and it's gonna be a fun set for them to play with but like i know everybody came in and and said wow but they should have said wow you're a millionaire you didn't yes. tell us. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on the Nia Brainy stuff? Um, it's fine. I enjoyed their not a date date, mm-hmm. um, and how just deliciously awkward that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping. I know that we're gonna see um her family, at least her mom, pretty soon. I think in the next. I think in episode twelve. Um, so I'm looking forward to the development of that plotline a bit more. And I know that they've dropped her cost, the, the costuming for it as well in their standard photograph slash illustrated version, like what they did with the Lex Luthor thing, um, earlier this week with, by the way, (laughs) okay, show, sure, sure. Um, um, but I actually didn't look at it because I kind of just wanted to see it in the show first this time as opposed to um in the illustration which is how i've normally seen all the new costumes for the cw shows uh but i'm i'm interested in seeing more development and but i i my one big thing about that whole scene is that binder seemed really messy for brainy and i don't believe he's the one that put that binder <laughs> yes yeah, it would have been much neater much tidier <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. that's fun um yeah I, I kind of appreciate that they're slow walking her like getting into the costume and everything. Um, but because I, I would, the longer they have characters not superpowered, you know, the, or the, the least they have them superpowered, the better, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I also, I'm not like, I, I think they had, they were long overdue with the, the Lena and James stuff. Um, I'm not very interested in it, but at least they're, you know, they had a conversation and well, I guess we'll be waiting until we get the Lex drop for, for the next chapter yes. of that. But for sure, it's, it's stupid. Maybe, it is. maybe it's Lex stupid. is from the future and that's why he's so old. 
Or maybe he accidentally aged himself in a fight with Superman somehow. Yeah. Or just literally any hand wave. Science <laughs> experiment gone awry? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, let's move on to happier topics. Like, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I can work with you. Um, I, I was very surprised to see them actually spend an episode focused on Rebecca and, and Hebby and... Uh, and really straightforwardly addressing <laughs> all, like, how weird it is that Rebecca was like, yeah, have an egg. Just, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> and um, the, the the longer-term ramifications and implications of of giving an egg to her friend so that he could have a baby with very little thought or reflection. Um, so I, I appreciated that they, they got, like, a whole chunk of an episode. I am too, and I I like that they finally kind of circled around this as well, since it was a little weird. Mm -hmm. um, just within, it's a really complicated kind of sticky situation, and this is something that a friend of the show, Allison Shoemaker, really pointed out, so I'm just going to quote her. Mm -hmm. uh, with this is, while Daryl demanding that an egg donor be involved in his baby's life would be creepy, this seems more like Daryl demanding that his close friend, who also happens to be the egg donor, deal with her shit vis-a-vis -vis her baby's his baby slash her genetic offspring. And that's still complicated, but it's also less distressing. And that's all really accurate because it would be very weird if Daryl kept pushing this. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's a little weird that Rebecca's just like psychologically going, you have a baby <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. I'm just like, no, that is you were the donor um, type of thing. So there's clearly something else going on beyond a, I would like you to be involved yeah. type of thing. Um, which is why, and sorry, and, and that is something that this show does really well, is kind of hit the that really small needle hole and thread it really nicely. And they do that here really well. Plus, that reprise of Hello, Nice to Meet You is so good here. Mm -hmm. And just really effective. So I really liked um, all of that. And I like how it was balanced with um, Paula's graduation, not graduation party, mm -hmm. or graduation not party, um, and how just very silly that was. And also the meta-ness of, you have a living room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I didn't really use the Valencia Hector stuff, but... Um... But I, the the party itself was great, and the the for the first time a f song felt forced. I thought like I really didn't need the sports analogies song, like it was good. Don't get me wrong, and the like I enjoyed it, but it felt like we need to have a song. We haven't had a song yet. Let's yep. do this. Um, whereas the reprise felt much more organic and appropriate to what was around it. Uh, having again continue to to like watch Rebecca's friends. Just kind of nudge uh, Nathaniel into good personism <laughs> and having friends and stuff has has been a, a fun and sweet kind of like thread of for the season and uh, a through line and I, it's one I enjoyed when they're like yeah we can relate on this topic uh, <laughs> disappointing our fathers um, was was delightful and and really worked the the stuff with Greg is working so far which the fact that they're going so strongly with it at this point leads me to the assumption that by the end of the season that will have fallen apart but uh we'll see what happens i thought it was it was sweet and i like that they are not underplaying how messed up it is that she slept with his dad so yeah 
Yeah, I am too. And I appreciate that that kind of keeps circling back. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have appreciated this to have happened maybe a little bit later. Yeah. And not while they're babysitting. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I know babies can realistically be left alone Mm -hmm. um, for, or at least in another room with a video camera, watching them and getting them used to the surveillance state. Mm -hmm. But um, it just seems a little weird. Um, But I do appreciate that Rebecca is very much like, no, I I really need to figure this out first and then we can do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like the, the, attention they are giving to her process and like of of therapy and trying to be aware of what she needs for her mental health and uh identifying and avoiding falling into destructive behaviors and patterns has been terrific they're showing the work and i really appreciate it i keep coming back to appreciate it but it's it's important yeah, and I think appreciate sort of like the best way to describe a lot of what they're doing. And like, I like it. It's fine. It's not like rocking my world, mm-hmm. but it's being like really quiet in its attention to detail and its personal sort of elements, even if I don't necessarily care about all of them. Like, Nathaniel becoming a better person is fine, but I also just don't super duper care, even mm-hmm. as good as uh, Scott Michael Foster is in this. And he's very good. But it's also something that I'm not, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the season pans out. It's, it's hard not to feel like some of this stuff is being rushed along because there's only so many episodes left. Yes. And there's a few things they want to hit before then. But I'm glad that they got that extension uh, to 18. Yeah. So I will certainly be enjoying those. Um, let's move on to our next episode. And that's the broad city season five premiere stories. Uh, this season, Abby and Alana, um, for, for Abby's 30th birthday, walking from the tippity top to the tippity bottom of Manhattan and, and like Instagramming, I think their journey the whole way through various travails. Um, this was a, I think a fun episode. Like it was a bit much for me as someone who doesn't do the Instagram thing. Um, but it was very appropriate for the characters. And I think it was a different way of doing the 30th birthday, which I think for a lot of millennials is a big one and a scary one and a really impactful birthday because it's the birthday when you realize, oh, my life is just very, my very life. different than, than yeah. my parents were. Cause I've, you know, I think a lot of millennials grew up with the idea that by the time they were in their late twenties, they'd know what they were doing. They'd have a, an established career. If they're going to get married and have a family, that would be, you know, they would have that. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, I, there's a lot of millennials who get to got to 30 and we're like, oh, I'm I'm not measurably different than I was at 26 in my career. And my like, I, yes, I'm making steps. But I, I felt like I when I, I grew up thinking by the time you were this age, you had you had enough stuff figured out. And that's not true. Um, so I think the way that they manage that and just kind of keep that at the fringes, but definitely informing parts of their Abby Lund's day works really well and when you've had a chance to see it i look forward to your thoughts but uh yeah there there were some some nice little touches throughout this and i'm excited to have brad city back well that's good yeah i've wanted to watch this and i wanted to actually watch it and pay attention to it as opposed to Mm -hmm. watch it and sort of just have it on while i was doing something else yeah because i really like this show and it often rewards me paying more attention yeah this Um, is definitely one of those 
Right. So I'm glad I made that choice because otherwise I would have been very upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but while I was mostly paying attention and watching uh, Red City and not paying attention that much, but enjoying Discovery of Witches, you were watching Grace and Frankie season five. Uh, so what did you think? Right. So a little bit of context for this is my person and I came back from doing some shopping and then we just sat down on the couch and we're just like, you want to watch Grace and Frankie a little bit? And I was just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then we ended up watching 11 episodes basically in a sitting (laughs) Um, and then woke up the next morning and watched the last two. Um, So we basically watched all of this in one sitting, more or less. Um, So you hated it. Right. Well, that's the thing is like, this is, I think this is probably like the most low key of the seasons. Um, uh, some of the seams are kind of starting to show, especially in the manufacturedness of having Grace and Frankie fight in some fashion by the end of the season and some reason for them to kind of split apart and then maybe come back together. Um, and that's getting a little tired, um, in a lot of ways, especially when, the solution to these issues um, present themselves in really organic ways. Like the big conflict here is that, um, that Frankie while very high um, tweets out that they'll for every retweet, they'll send a vibrator and donuts to whatever woman retweets this tweet, basically Mm -hmm. to kind of kick off national vibrator day Mm -hmm. with their vibrator business. And it ends up that 50,000 people retweet it. Yeah. Um, so now they have to send out vibrators to 50,000 people along with donuts. Yeah. And Grace's response is basically just to do an apology video and blame a, a, um, blame a social media intern that they do not have. (laughs) <laughs> and this is a very good way to handle that. But Frankie's like, this is super dishonest. And so they have a big fight. They split apart. Grace goes to the Maldives with Nick, who's played by Peter Gallagher. And is just, Peter Gallagher has so much fun on this show, as literally everyone does when they ever they stop by this show. It's a very loose show, I feel like, when they're filming. Um, but in the interim, Frankie has figured out how to solve the problem with Operation Op by prioritizing the people who get their vibrators. So older people will get their vibrators and donuts first, and then the people who are in like their 20s or 30s that retweeted it, they get it last. Um, because it was going to take them like 2,000 days to do all of this. <laughs> um, so Frankie's solution is actually really smart in terms of like how to handle this in a way that fixes the issue while still being true to themselves as a business. And I really like that concept. Plus sales were going up a little bit because they had gotten so much attention. So it was one of those kind of weird things of like, this is a good idea. This is a good concept. And it's just kind of gets dismissed as being just another weird Frankie idea. And it's just like, no, it's a good idea. Um, so that kind of a break apart just didn't work as well. And it ends up leading really kind of nicely into the finale, which is what if Grace and Frankie hadn't moved in together after um, Saul and, um, (coughs) oh, excuse me, after um, Saul and, oh, no, I can't remember his other, I can't remember Martin Sheen's character's name for the life of me. Yeah, Um, no idea. Robert, Robert, Saul and Robert um, got together. And so Grace comes back as like this 
plastic surgery wife of a patio king from Santa Fe, played really wonderfully by George Hamilton. Um, and Frankie is like, he has dreads and all of this, and everyone's in like really kind of okay shape, but they're not in great shape and they're not, they're in better shape together is what the alternative finale really drives home. And that's, they both have like, it's confirmed like this little dream sequence is something that they're both having at the same time. And they run together on the beach. Of course. Um, to kind of reunite, um, calling back an earlier part in, um, in the season where Frankie was just like, we're not each other's beaches. Um, referring to the movie Beaches, um, which Grace did not get, and I have questions about that. But mm-hmm. um, it was very funny, but also it confirmed that Grace has accepted Nick's wedding proposal, which means that now there's a reason for them to legitimately kind of split apart from one another. And I'm curious to see that drama play out in season six. And so narratively, it was all generally okay, but it's also like, it's starting to like, we need like more type of stuff. And there's a lot of drop plot threads in this, particularly Robert drops by this bar that I keep thinking he's going to buy throughout this season. And then he never does. And it just shows up once. This is like, oh, that seemed weird. Um, But the sheer joy that you can have from A, the show being really funny to the fact that this cast and ensemble is so in tune with one another that there are just really subtle sort of reactions and bits of business, particularly by no surprise, Junjai and Raphael, um, that it's just like, yeah, you don't even have to do anything. Just like this little like quirk of an eyebrow or like a little thing on with her fingers on a table. It's just like, it's all you need. It says everything and it's hilarious. Um, so that's, that is sort of where the show is, is like, it's starting to coast a little bit, but because this cast is so talented, you can get away with coasting for a little while. And that's kind of what season five generally sort of feels like. So I'm hoping for a new gear in season six, but this is very much sort of a weirdly transition-y sort of season in a lot of ways that doesn't nail the transition, but it's still by far and away one of the more entertaining, um, sitcoms that I'm watching. Oh. Cool. Good to know. It's like well, things you're saying sound very similar to what Tony was saying yeah. about Shit's Creek. Yeah, and also RuPaul shows up for like two to three episodes as Nicole Richie's assistant. Nicole Richie's not playing herself, uh-huh. but like, oh, it's so good. It's so good, <laughs> Kate. RuPaul's having such a good time in this. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, what about Blackish? Waltz in A minor. Right, so What's in A Minor is sort of a weird episode in which the family takes in a 15-year-old cousin of Dre's from um, Michael Strahan's character. Um, and, like, basically takes her in because she's been bouncing around a number of families' homes and they don't want her to go back and go back into, like, a foster care system because her mother is in prison. Um, so <clears throat> there's a lot of talk in the voiceover of how Dre and Bo have parenting down Pat, but how this uh, character sort of changes it up. Um, Even though also this character feels like a, okay, we were kind of running out of stories, so we're going to bring in a... Cousin Oliver. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to bring in a literal cousin um, type of character and try to rejigger that kind of thing here. Um, And 
I don't I'm holding withholding judgment on how will this works until like a few more episodes in depending on how much more play this gets. Um but this episode is generally sort of okay as both Bo and Dre and then the cousin whose name I cannot remember and I apologize. Um come to terms with the fact that Bo and Dre legitimately care and want to do well um by this person that they're now like looking after so much so that like when a teacher like says, well, it's a good thing you're pretty um, to, to her in class when she kind of can't answer a question, they immediately go like, we're going to call your principal. We're going to we're going to fix this at in standard Johnson fashion. Um, and the cousin is like, um, why type of thing? Like, this is not something that people have gone to bat for her about. And so navigating that, I think, is interesting. But she also just kind of, like, runs runs away a little bit. Um, very standard sort of plotline stuff for this. So I'm waiting to see what they do going forward here. Um, and to see what, what other stories that they have. Um, because it sort of feels like, again, well, Zoe's not here to help us generate anything. And we were kind of running out of dynamics a little bit. So we need something to spruce it up a little bit. And this feels like an answer to that question. Um, the degree to which that's successful, like I said, is yet to be determined, though. It it took me too long to realize the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 a good title. Yeah. Um, I was but- like, so is the cousin a like a musician? Why is it called no, Waltz no, she's a, a minor. minor? It's like because it's yeah. a, a minor waltzes yes. in to their yes. lives. I'm. I'm smart. Okay, let's go. <laughs> no, I mean, <clears throat> it took me half the episode to get it, Kate. Don't worry. And I actually watched it. <laughs> uh, well, I definitely watched The Good Place finale, uh, Pandemonium, and uh, this is season three finale. And it's, again, setting up very much what next season, at least the first part of it, will be. There's a theme to the viewing this week. Because much like Alex, Chidi needs to have his memory erased by the end of the the finale and um it sets up a, a very emotional last arc or last like chunk of the episode and a very emotional start to the next season um what did you think of pandemonium i thought it was fine mm-hmm. um i think i still think that the episode is generally strong um and I saw some folks, particularly like Todd Vanderwerf, um, saying that like the the reboots of the show are sort of resulting in diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. But Vanderwerf is also someone who doesn't isn't particularly invested in the romantic aspect of Chidi and Eleanor, mm-hmm. which I mean. I'm not super invested in it either. Mm-hmm. And this is a reboot that's really driven by that romantic pairing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if it had been another big sort of narrative world reboot sort of thing, which is what they've done, mm-hmm. then I feel like the reaction would have been a little more, would have been bigger and a little more positive than this is a much quieter sort of reboot in a lot of ways. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of value in this sort of a question of how good has Eleanor become that she can do this to prove that human beings get better? How unselfish can she be basically Mm -hmm. by allowing her boyfriend to do this and not fuck it up? Yeah. (laughs) 
but also acknowledge the fact that this sets up a way in which they may not find themselves in the same situation again. Mm-hmm. And made all the worse by Sean being Sean and sending people to torture the other, the four of them, picking specifically people to torture them in some way, shape, or form, which is so good and so Sean and not against the rules. Um, <laughs> and so the, I think that what they're doing now has been to a way of scaling, not scaling back, but drilling down basically from their central premise of, what does it take to be a good person in in, ter- in less about philosophy and grand ideas and more about, all right, now can you actually follow them? Mm-hmm. And the degree to which th- these are becoming case studies, basically. They're becoming case studies through romance, which is not the most interesting idea. But as I co- sort of discussed with a sh- friend of the show, Corey Barker, a little bit about the finale, this is also sort of how Dancher's shows go, from what I understand about how people, Parks and Rec kind of became the Leslie and um, whatever Adam Run. Scott's character. Oh, Leslie. Oh, I, I was thinking of Leslie and Run, non-romantic dynamic, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, Ben, Leslie and Ben. Ben, yeah, kind of became a Leslie and Ben show. Um, and how their romance sort of became well, a lot of like a driving energy, at least based on an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. of how people were talking about it as someone who did not watch Parks and Rec. Um, that this just sort of seems to be par for the course for him. Uh, so it feels a little baked in mm-hmm. to a show from him to a certain degree. But I do like that now we're, we've gone from theory into praxis basically. And, how people can navigate wanting to be a better person. Literally, this feels like a really good test of that. And it sort of brings everything back around to the beginning of the season with, all right, well, we have to conduct an experiment. And now here's the person who helped us conduct that experiment. Yeah. Um, And so I really liked all of that. And as a result, I think that the episode is low key, pretty good. Um, I think legitimately the best line is, Michael looks like me. That's bad. Uh, <laughs> um, is very, very funny. Um, but I also really think that the topper that this episode was missing was Blake Bortles wasn't in it to torture Jason. <laughs> um, but I've, I'm really still super on board with the show, even if the finale is low key. And I've been talking for a little while and I just want to hear what you thought about it. So what did you think about like, this idea of wiping Chidi's memories. What did you think about um, that the the clip show movie, including clips of things that we just never saw, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated, and um, about this concept of Eleanor as the architect, which is something that had been telegraphed forever mm-hmm. that this was going to happen, um, but how this is going to play out. And did you appreciate the good, solid Damon Lindelof dig of, are those numbers significant? <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, pretty much everything with Tahani's torturer, I guess, yeah. you know, unwitting torturer yeah. was was terrific. Um, and the Mark Jacobs thing, great. Um, but... Uh, and and just this is a great twist to do and way to do it. And it's very like you said, it's very Sean. Um it's 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 a very different 
approach than penis bees, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but which he thought of. But, I came up with that, <laughs> but but it but it works really well, and it's also a great way to bring back Simone, and that that really really works. And I mean, like I'm not even worried about this episode. Like I'm like. I'm two, three episodes ahead of Eleanor. Been like, you realize as soon as you wipe Chidi's memory, Chidi and Simone are probably going to end up falling in love. Like, that's going to happen and it's going to be terrible for you. Um, but, and this is someone who's actively not interested in Eleanor and Chidi. I do not ship it. And y'all know me, I ship everything. Um, it was still effective for me. I think that they, the actors, the performances, and and then the writing for this episode was spot on. And like you said, this is a quieter, more reflective and internal uh, finale than they've done. Usually they do a much more madcap thing. And I thought that it was a good change of pace for them. Uh, really effective. Like, I, I did not love it as much as some did. But I did think it was a really strong finale and a, a good way to keep them from burning out. Yes. And, and to... to raise the stakes like you said not by rebooting the whole world again or or going to a larger scale book by going so much smaller the personal is so because they keep rewriting existence and all these different things all this unrelatable stuff having just that very personal core to this episode really you know gives a lot more impact um the 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 thing i'm most interested in is to see who's there to torture uh eleanor because yeah. it could be anything with Jason, but for Eleanor, that could be really interesting. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be one of the people from her work. Because it's hard to think of who it could be that would torture her now. You know, right? And I think that this was Sean's gambit the entire time to yeah. like go back to the season one finale name of Michael's gambit. I think that this was Sean's gambit the entire time, which Chidi figures out is like, oh no, I'm the one that's going to torture Eleanor. Yeah. By having to wipe my memory so that Simone doesn't recognize me. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. And I think that's the intention, which means that then we just need someone to torture Jason. And it's just like, I don't know who that is, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be delightful. Um, I think the other thing the episode really gets right is its use of Janet with Eleanor. Uh, yes. That scene is so good. Yeah. It's terrific. I don't have anything else to say. It's really, really good. No. Darcy Carden's great. (laughs) And the writers are great. (laughs) Um, Putting Michael on the the bench a little bit, I think, is also smart, especially after building him up so much in this last, like, chunk of episodes and Mm -hmm. having him so in command. um, Yeah. it it, Like, just like Jason surprisingly convinces the judge in the previous episode and um, we've seen Chidi take a bigger step forward in different times. I think um, we do need a little bit more for Tahani. Um, yes, we do. But in general, it's been a, a strong season. They kind of started a little slow, but bounced back for me. And uh, this is probably my least favorite season. But yes. that's just because I love season one and two so much. Yeah, and I, I legitimately think that this is very much a kind of... It's a very wonky sort of season in a lot of ways of like wanting to do those case studies, like I said, and not always nailing them or some some folks getting better case studies than others, which yeah. is what this boiled down to is like Tahani's was just not particularly good or interesting mm-hmm. and too neat of a resolution. Um, and Jason naturally has like easily the funniest case study but also the easiest resolution since jason's internal 
like world is sort of the the richest, but also probably the easiest to sort of correct in a lot of ways, since he gets a lot of this on a more intuitive level mm-hmm. um, than everyone else does. Um, but we spent a lot of time with Eleanor and getting her to this place, basically, by doing the thing with her mom, by doing the thing with the virtual reality simulator of like going through all those memories and dealing with all of that. Um, and I think that that's where we, and it was all to get to this point of, we're going to wipe Chidi's memories, um, and figure that out. But I also realized another really good lost thing is Kate, Chidi Adagonye is Eleanor's constant. (laughs) (laughs) He is. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that the video was fine. It was really sappy. Um. Yes. Which is what it was supposed to be. Which is what it's supposed to be. It made me a little teary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and also, Chidi is that sappy, so it, it works. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and just that, it, it really struck me how far Chidi has come. Like, Eleanor, how far she's come is very apparent. But how far Chidi has come when he's just, like, relaxed, saying, we're just hanging out in the dot of the eye of Jeremy Bear Me. Like, that is so far from who we met in season one and who he's been at various points of his journey. And it really, I think they've really sold what she brings out in him, mm-hmm. um, which I think is important if you're going to get on board the ship, which I still am not, but you know, at least I can respect where it's due. You know, they've, they've done yeah. a good job in, in measuring those performances and in um, layering in that, that confidence and self-assuredness that he never had um, before his relationship, or at least before uh, some form of relationship with Eleanor. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a good season finale, and uh, it it wins my week in TV. What wins your week in TV? Um, well, Brooklyn Nine had had the Tapler, um, which is a good solid '90s flashback episode to Peralta in um, high school for his high school reunion. Um, there's a really good, um, quick exchange where Amy finds out that he had perfect attendance one year mm-hmm. and keeping your pants, Santiago. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, it's where it's going. And she's like, oh, this is so good. Um, but this also episode also sets up, um, beginning to, um, how Gina is going to leave. And uh, next week's episode is very Gina-centric, as a number of characters have plots with Gina. Um, so presumably, like, Gina's going to be gone pretty soon, um, which is something that they had announced. Chelsea Peretti's only going to be around for a little bit of this season. Um, so, but it's good. It's funny. There's there's good 90s wigs and earrings for Peralta that are just so good. <laughs> It's so good. So I look forward to you watching this mm-hmm. and telling me what you thought. And um, I haven't watched four movements yet, though there are, there is a screener for it, so, mm. which okay. is next week's episode. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, what would what did did that win your week in TV? Oh, what did win my week in television? I totally forgot to say. Um, Grace and Frankie was super duper funny. Um, and I did like moments of I can work with you from Crazy X. 
But what won my week in television was Steven Universe, Kate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there's that. That really wins, but we haven't talked about that yeah. one yet. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. But of what we discussed in this segment, um, probably the Good Place finale, but it was really Steven Universe. But it was Universe. really Steven Universe. And on that note, let's listen to yeah. uh, one of the songs from this, this week's Steven Universe finale. And we'll be right back with our deep dive with it. I don't need you to respect me. I respect me. I don't need you to love me, I love me But I want you to know you could know me If you change your mind If you change your mind If you change your mind Change your mind That was Change Your Mind, the beautiful final song uh, and final moments of the season five finale. I think it's season five of Steven universe. Um, the b- battle of heart and mind. And this kind of like, it was an hour long, like four part base, but an hour long movie version, um, like finale, not yes. There's, there's the Steven universe movie is coming, which would be its own thing. But um, this definitely felt like a, a just a marathon binge, hour-long, one-long episode, as opposed to maybe for me as distinct f- chunks. And um, it as, as I was watching, it, just, it kept ticking these boxes. And I was like, wait a second. Now we're having another fusion and then another fusion and then another fusion and then we're going to have everybody fuse into Obsidian. And what's happening is the show ending because that's the only reason to rush all these fusions. Is <laughs> <laughs> if they're going away and they're not going to have another opportunity for us to see them. This really felt like this. I, I, I really enjoyed this, this episode or this hour long special. And I thought it, it wrapped up a lot of stuff really, really well. But it also felt rushed to me, and it felt like they were running out of time, and so that's why they needed to do they tick off boxes rather than really taking the time you would need to fully explore some of the stuff. I didn't buy all of the the transitions in especially White Diamond, and I I so wanted to. So while I really enjoyed this, don't get me wrong, I love the Steven Universe finale. It was lovely. I still feel like there's a alternate universe where they they took six episodes maybe to do this and it was better what do, what do you think yeah i think an extra half hour would have made a world of difference mm-hmm. um if only so that we could have spent more time with uh the new form of rainbow quartz and their parasol because yes. i desperately wanted to yeah um because i i needed that in my heart of hearts mm-hmm. um but it was also offset by the fact that i really like um sunstone um, 90s psa sunstone. <laughs> Sun- Nin- yes exactly 90s psa sunstone um but also I really like Sunstone's uh, ruby and sapphire pockets sticking out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was my favorite character detail, but I also really like just how, ni- again, 90s PSA slash very aware and self meadow self-aware that Sunstone was. But all of that aside, because um, it was all very good, and Obsidian was brilliant and gorgeous, and oh it's shit. It's the temple! Ah! It's the temple! <laughs> um, uh, it's just really great. But... I do agree that there needed to be a lot more. There needed to be at least, an, at the very least, another eleven-minute segment of with White Diamond somewhere in this mm-hmm. that we didn't get. 
Yeah. And um because and I think that we didn't get it because there was this need to really drive home this idea of Stephen as a fusion in and of himself mm-hmm. of human genetic material that kind of can't survive without <laughs> rose quartz um mm-hmm. but that rose quartz had become Stephen as well mm-hmm. um and it shifted into what is arguably sort of the best version of rose quartz is Stephen universe um and that's why we got what we did um but I also can't complain about it too much because I really loved that final showdown with White Diamond in White Diamond's head, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, figuratively and literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, because, like, A, like, I still really love the White Diamond character design and I really like how that conclusion ends up feeling like a really super fucking creepy 1930s Felix the Cat Steamboat Willie things which is so good even like the fact that white diamond is so washed out is so 1930s animation uh that i couldn't stand it like i as an animation like as a like a minor animation guru not guru but like fanboy (laughs) geek yes that's the word i was looking for it's just like oh this is so this is this is so good and that's how i felt about it when we first saw her but then like spending all this time with white diamond i was just like this is so perfect because it's she's so she's framed in this very ancient sort of way within a tradition of animation that they're operating in that i just went she hasn't changed at all from like this yeah. original sort of thing. And it's such a good representation of that for that works here really nicely for those who've watched again, like Felix the cat and steamboat Willie sort of animation. But if you haven't, then it's just this concept of hypocritical purity type of concepts with yeah. really great nails. Yeah. Fabulous nails. (laughs) And so I can't get too upset about it, even if I do want more time with all these different fusions that we get to really quickly see, because the showdown and this idea of, like I alluded to at the beginning of, this rigidity of, no, I had it right the whole time, of Stephen just being like, I don't want, I just want to talk about this. I just want you to listen to me. Um, It's just so good and really potent. Yeah. that it makes up for a multitude of problems for me in a lot of ways because that's what the show is. And that's sort of like where I can forgive the fact that we don't get to spend a lot of time with those fusions, that I can forgive the fact that, and you and I, we can talk about this a little bit more, that the scoring is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that kind of a thing. That the conclusion to it on homeworld is really really good the conclusion to it on earth eh, suffers from finale montage itis it felt a bit too reminiscent and lesser than the adventure time Mm -hmm. closing montage Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah that was unfortunate and i'm gonna stop talking because i want to hear what you thought about a lot of this as well because i also need a little bit more water (laughs) (laughs) well we're on the same page here which is basically like i would have liked more but i wouldn't Mm -hmm. trade what we actually got because what we actually get for like the stuff with steven and his identity crisis and like like that when she takes out the gem oh 
in mm-hmm. that everything we get there is just oh, we start crying. It's beautiful and it's so it's so painful, but like the affirmation of these two parts of his identity being essential and not being able to survive without each other. And also undi- the undiluted power of 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 Steven as like as just the gem form of Steven, you know, just being like, it's not even close. Like white diamond, I mean, pink may be small, but doesn't matter. White diamond can't even scratch yeah. anything. Like it immediately takes over yellow and blue, but mm-hmm. can't even like lift a finger against Steven um, in, you know, in, in that form. And uh, that's really powerful. And the, the joy the pure joy of Stephen reuniting with himself is so incredibly powerful. I think this is like the stuff we get with yellow and blue um, and how quickly they turn, I think really works because Mm -hmm. we've spent so much time with them previously. Yeah. And, uh, and and so I thought that that really worked. The, The thing we, what we get with white for me, doesn't like the, how quickly she turns doesn't work, but the motivate and like it feels kind of pats like oh see she's off color too and she didn't want to admit it so she was just you know like that it's it's you it needed more i think but this like i said this is that we do get is absolutely gorgeous and the like that that line read from patty lapone of well but in order to fix it we have to admit that it's wrong or that it's broken in the first place and that she, she won't be willing to do that, you know, um, is is really powerful. And I think we'll speak to a lot of people's experiences, too. Um, having I was I was so worried for Connie <laughs> throughout this. I, <laughs> my person and I were just like, if you hurt Connie in this, yeah. we will riot. Yeah. And so, A, we both really appreciated that she got her own sword. And it's yes. super cool. It's a bad But then it was, also, it was also just like. Connie showed up right at the end of like, oh, no, you all have this. But then it was also, I was like really worried about, oh, no, you do it for him. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not doing that. Pearl has learned that that was not a healthy manner yeah. approach to have for life. So you don't have to learn that lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, the, the, animation as white took over everyone was really uh-huh. upsetting and yes. uh, i loved discovering that the pearl was actually pink um which i think is really interesting uh there's a whole history there that i would be interested to find out um did pink send a pearl over to try to talk to white and then and, and that's it or maybe maybe was that the pink that pink pearl that told white that pink had left or you know or or that um had been killed had been shattered or something like there's there's an interesting yeah there's something there um but um like you said the animation was just stunning the way when white's got that cloak that just unfurls it's just Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous um like you said we talked about this off mic the scoring not great um this doesn't sound wonderful i I would have liked to hear the same score but with like actual instruments instead of midi um because it felt like the kind of thing that was designed for instruments they just couldn't afford them as opposed to 
designed for a MIDI sound. Yes, um, which so that, it, they do really well. Like, they do that really you, well, yeah. You need to look no further than the Watermelon Island score. Yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. No, they're really good at that. Um, this, But it just felt lacking. I could feel the yeah. the what was missing. I could feel the white space around the sound, and that was disappointing. Um, did we want to talk about any of the other particular beats? Were you glad that we... You know that we got back Lars and and Sadie having a moment. Yes, I would have been very upset if they had not gotten their moment. Um, it would have been very sad to me if they had not gotten their moment. And I like that they, I like that they both met in transformed versions of themselves. Particularly Sadie was in her Sadie and the Killers get up, and it was just like, oh, we've both changed, but. <laughs> type of thing. So I really appreciated that. And that made me very, very happy. I also liked that line, which is like, I have a buddy! <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I like seeing the the corrupted gems. Mm-hmm. That was really neat. <laughs> I think that's, I think that Lars isn't going to have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also just like, oh, I needed that moment with Greg because I can't imagine being Greg and your son is like out in the stars and hopefully he'll come back. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Also, he's the he's also your your ex-wife or your for I don't know love of your life whatever you want to call his relationship with rose it's like it's very complicated but i needed i needed that reuni- uh, reuniting moment um so i needed them to come back to earth for that if nothing else um what else we talked about sunstone uh we touched on obsidian we touched on rainbow quartz 2.0 um anything well, else we, we haven't talked about the crystal gems plus lapis and paradox uh, amazing new outfits <laughs> <laughs> yes okay so lapis and peridot still haven't fused so we haven't they they clearly can't the show can't end because we need to see that first um correct i like um, I, bismuth and lapis and uh uh and peridot needed more to do yes they did um and i get like i appreciate that peridot in particular has like plenty to do because peridot's much much closer to like being the top of the b-list roster Mm -hmm. um just by sheer tenacity slash not being bubbled slash not fleeing to the moon um but uh, i also feel like we just didn't have like time or the actor wasn't available for lapis <laughs> um since it amounts to a couple of like reaction grunts basically of getting kid against a wall um but they needed more to do but i liked what we got particularly with peridot like i can i can kind of fly and i've got a good handle on this now and also literally there's a handle so connie can help <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah uh, but I like Lapis's whole like sandal slash yoga pants slash like sports bra sort of top that she has now, yeah. indicating maybe a transition to like basically active loungewear sort yeah. of thing, which fits a realization that I need to do more type mm-hmm. of thing. And I really like that. Whereas Paradox just like, yeah, no, I'm a superhero now. I've got garnet like glasses and a big star in my chest. And <laughs> she basically feels in a lot of ways like an amalgamation of the three crystal gems in mm-hmm. her new costume. And I really, really like that. Except all the crystal gems have moved on to much nicer outfits now. Including so Pearl's delightfully 80s jacket, which I am oh, all it's about. 
It's so good. Like, that was the thing um, when my person and I were discussing this. And it was just like, is that the finale? And I just like, it can't be the finale because I need to live with that jacket much <laughs> longer. And I also need to see how the pink haired woman responds to that amazing jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say I don't really care for Garnet's new visor or sunglasses. I like the old one better. I do like the old one better better as well, but I like that it's a connection of, like, the fists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm willing to go with it. I like that okay. Um, and Amethyst's new look is, like, fine. really consistent. Amethyst, it's fine, but it's still just really good in her standard Amethyst way. But it's it's all about that pearl jacket. It's the mm-hmm. entire thing. It's just like, I just want to see all the cosplays of that jacket now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I look forward to some fabulous cosplaying of these new uniforms, uh, these new outfits at uh, Comic-Con this year. Definitely. Um, let me see. What else? Uh, we didn't get any other songs. We got we got some covers, which were fine. Yeah. Um, but I really loved that closing song. I thought it was just the perfect note to end on. It is. And it's just... I was glad that there was, like, a closing song, and that it wasn't, like, a long song either. It was just a really short, quick sort of one of, like, this is something I'm tooling around with. What do you think about it? And it's Mm -hmm. just really moving and really sweet. And a really good encapsulation of, this is how I was ending the show slash this segment of the show? Um, the end of my five-year season plan sort of thing. This is what I had in mind was this, um, yeah. from Rebecca Sugar. And now we have until the fall to get the Steven Universe movie and who knows what that's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it feels like a, like a thesis restatement, you know? Yes. Uh, very much of like, this is the note to end on. It's very simple, just ukulele and vocals and, and just a few words. And a very clear message. And so yeah. I think that's that's perfect. To, a perfect note to end on. As opposed to some sort of just like triumphant off into the sunset. Which they've done with yeah. Garnet. Um, uh, or sorry, with Ruby. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really lovely, peaceful, quiet note to end on. So uh, yeah, I'm super on board. It was so weird. I was watching this. I was like, wait, wait. But, but. I feel like they should have told us if they were going to cancel the show or end the show. And, but I also know that maybe they wouldn't because this is Cartoon Network. And (laughs) are they just going to do movies from now on? We don't know. It hasn't been canceled. Maybe it'll come back for many more seasons and maybe the movie will just be the reboot into something like pivot into something new. Mm -hmm. Um, and I certainly would be up for more adventures of, but it feels very weird to talk about this ending not knowing if it's functionally the the series finale yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know i don't know and it's yeah it's really it's really difficult to talk about and i'm not quite sure how to figure it out and i want to but it's tough to excuse me network why you tell us what you're doing (laughs) that'd be great that'd be awesome why don't we do that um but if nothing else we will definitely i think that's why they made sure that they ran that little spot for the movies like don't go away <laughs> we've yeah. been getting no, great we'll be ratings again but <laughs> yeah it is coming back Ooh, there's the gem you haven't seen before look at that Ooh, looks like mickey mouse it's Ish. a heart that keeps moving up and down isn't that compelling what's going on here yes. <laughs> indeed um but yeah it, yeah 
we love Steven Universe here at the Televerse, so it's not surprising that we're super on board for for its finale. Um, any final thoughts besides everyone should go watch Steven Universe? Yeah, well, now is the perfect time. You've got like a whole long stretch of time to watch all of Steven Universe again. <gasps> Kate, we can do our Steven Universe podcast now. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Absolutely perfect timing. Just get it all recorded and ready. We can drop it all in time for the movie, and then they can listeners can binge it all while they're watching. Yes, mm-hmm. in that time that we have. <laughs> so not watch all of Shit's Creek. <laughs> Do not watch all Shit's Creek or The Magicians or anything else. Yeah. Well, we should probably could just sit here and, and you know talk about how how we really like Steven Universe um, for a long time. But so I think we should probably wrap things up. Um, I guess. If I, I think. I don't. I think my favorite fusion is still, well, Garnet, obviously. But aside from Garnet, maybe. How dare you not say Stephen? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. If Stephen counts, and Stephen's my favorite. That's a good point. Yeah. But I think my favorite fusion of the pre-existing characters is still Stevani. Yes. But yeah. yeah. You know, because like the I really enjoyed what we got of these fusions in this uh, finale, but. They it, I I still like all of the fusions of the different crystal gems more than the fusions that involve Stephen, um, other than Stevani. And um, I like I would like to have gotten some sense of a personality from Obsidian, which we didn't get. Yeah, but I also it's also just like even when like it's the three gems and they're in um, is it Sardonyx? No, that's no, that's um, that's a uh, Pearl and um, Garnet. Yeah. Um. No, like the, they're sort of like when it's Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl fused mm-hmm. together. The, I feel like the more gems involved, the more sort of like f- almost feral the mm-hmm. fusion is in a lot of ways. Like, like their I can't remember the name of it. Um, is like it can talk, but it doesn't talk particularly well. Mm-hmm. And because um, I remember it on like the date when it's like um so we'd like to meet your parents Steven yeah the, yeah that's even that's season one i think maybe season two yeah 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 and it's just like it behaves but not super well because mm-hmm. i think that there's just too much going on really yeah and so obsidian is beautiful to look at and also i appreciate we're gonna have to be so much bigger and it's you're only as big as her foot (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, um but yeah i think that there's there's definitely personality there but it's just it gets lost but it also like seems really single driven minded as well at the same Mm -hmm. time that's true yeah so it would explain why there's less of that but who knows what the future will bring for Steven the universe. So so favorite fusion is Steven and then Garnet and then Stevani for you as well? Probably, yeah, though I mean I do really love Sardonyx a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um and I wanna like I said, I want a lot more with that new Rainbow Quartz. Yeah. Oh, so much more. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
on that note, on the note of the promise of more with these characters that we love, we will wrap up this episode. A few show notes. You can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. You can email us at televerse at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook, start up a conversation there, or find us in iTunes with an M4A chapter feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. We'd appreciate ratings and reviews either there or over on Stitcher. Um, it helps other people find the show and lets us know that you are listening. Be like Tony. Reach out and leave us a comment at the website. Uh, or you can find us both on twitter i am at the televerse and noel you are at noel rk thank you very much for a good week cake thank you very much uh noel for a fabulous week as well and uh we'll be back next week with another episode of the televerse